Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. Today we celebrate the bedrock of our Christian faith, and without the resurrection of Jesus, there is no resurrection for us. Without the resurrection of Jesus, sins cannot be atoned for. Without the resurrection of Jesus, there is no hope. Without the resurrection of Jesus, we are truly alone. We would truly be sheep without a shepherd, a prodigal son that was never found, or a bride whose groom never appeared. Yet Jesus says, he said, I am the bread of life, which means continued lifelong nourishment. Then he says, I am the light of the world, which means that there is a never faltering light and guidance for us. Then he says, I am the door, which means that we have eternal life only through Jesus. Then he says, I am the good shepherd. And he takes us to green pastures. And like a good shepherd, he protects us. And like a good shepherd, he guides us. And like a good shepherd, he brings us in when we've lost our way. And then he says, I am the resurrection and I am the life because he is all-powerful and the only, way, the only way, the only place that we can find life is in him. And then lastly, he says, I am the true vine, which means that we need to be connected to the vine to abide in Jesus Christ. Here are seven emphatic statements about who Jesus is. Every other avenue to find fulfillment will always be empty, like Jesus' tomb. Which is why today we do not look in Jerusalem for the bones of Jesus, because they are not there. He is risen. So before we read here in uh, John, and for those of you that are, are not regular here, we've been going through the Gospel of John. John is, uh, I, I love this book. He is the youngest of the disciples, and we're going to see him and some of his immaturity coming out, but I think it's hilarious in just a minute. John is also the closest disciple to Jesus. When he writes this Gospel, he doesn't even name himself. He says it, the beloved one, the one that Jesus loves. John, when he writes this, this is the most intimate gospel that we have. It is a profound gospel. It is incredibly deep, but it is also so simple that almost anybody can read it and have a grasp and understanding of what is happening. But I want you to just, before we read these 18 verses in John chapter 20, if you brought your Bible, you can start turning there. But I just want you to think about this for a second. Jesus died, and now he's risen and he's gone. Now, the disciples, they're freaking out. They don't, they don't know what's going on. They have hidden. They've locked themselves into their places, and they are trying to figure out who's going to try and kill them because they just killed their leader. Also, they thought that this was the Messiah, and now they're starting to doubt. Where is he? All these things that he said were going to happen. We saw the miracles. We know that he was sent from God, but what is happening here? So Jesus, he's gone. He's, he's resurrected, and we're going to see that here. And the disciples are freaking out. They don't understand what's happening. And I want you to think about this too. Peter had already been humiliated. The cornerstone, the guy that Jesus called the rock, the one that he's going to build the church off of, what did he do? 
He denied Jesus three times. He went back fishing, back to what he knew to do. Many of them quit their careers, and here they are. They're lost and trying to figure out what's happening next. Now, lastly, none of them thought Jesus was going to rise again. If they had, believe me, there would have been hundreds, if not thousands of people there partying all night, having candles, waiting, waiting for the celebratory busting out of the tomb. They did not understand, and we're going to see that right now. So John chapter 20, 1 through 18. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, to whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Verse 3. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. For both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So we can assume because, again, he's, the other disciple is not named. It goes back to the other disciple. This is John, the youngest disciple. Now, this is what I mentioned earlier about the immaturity. <laughs> John, the writer of this gospel, needed to point out that Peter was probably old and out of shape, and he was faster than him. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I just see the comedy in this. I mean, this guy is like, yeah, we, we started off together, and I smoked him, and I was at the tomb first. So he needed to point this out, you know? And it's so funny, because we know that the Holy Spirit helped guide our writers to, to be inspired by the Holy Spirit to give us this gospel, and God was still like, yeah, let him put it in, you know? I think it's hilarious. Verse 8, then the other disciple who reached the term, term, tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet, they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciple went back to their homes. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene here. Verse 11, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and she wept and stooped to look in the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she's talking about this, she's talking about they, tomb raiders. This was a very common thing. There were thieves that would go through and rob the graves. And uh, the, the writer here made sure to point out about the linens. These things were there. They were left there. These things were very expensive. The spices and everything used in here was very expensive. If this had been um, a ransacked grave, all of these things would have been gone. And guess what? The body wouldn't have stayed because they would have wanted everything that had any kind of value. So in 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And whom are you seeking? Now that question is very important. Whom are you seeking? And we're going to come back to that. Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have, if you have carried away him away, tell him, or tell me where have you laid him, and I will take him away. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to the brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced the disciples. What did she say? I have seen the Lord. And he had said these things to her. Easter is an exclamation. Easter is emphasis 
added. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're like me, if I'm going to have somebody represent me, I'm going to want them to look a certain way. I'm going to want them to have a certain demeanor. I'm going to want them to be fairly articulate. I'm going to want them to be able to answer, so they're going to have to be intelligent if somebody asks them questions. If I'm sending somebody for me, I'm going to want them to be able to have the authority to say, well, this is what Dale has told me to say, and they'll say, okay, I believe you. Now, when I think about if I've ever delivered something on somebody's behalf, one of the things I think about is, when we had our son, Asher, he was in the Hutchinson Hospital, which I don't recommend, and we, <laughs> different story, <laughs> and, you know, my parents and my brother and my, and my family, they're out in the hallway, Grammy Jean is in there holding on to my wife's hand, and all, all of this stuff is happening, and it's exciting, and in, in this production, we almost lost my son and we almost lost my wife. One of the scariest days of my life. And here we are, and this day is supposed to be a day of celebration, and I don't know what's happening. And I remember after Asher, after he came out breathless and the gasps of air that was going on in the room and the nurses that were now coming in and out, I just remember going, oh, Lord, and I'm praying. And and. We get things going, and I look over at my wife, and she had lost so much blood, and I'm looking, and I'm holding on to my son under the, the lamp, and I'm holding on to him, and I'm looking at my wife, and I'm saying, oh, Lord, don't take my wife. And this day for me was a day that was like in slow motion. I'm, I'm sitting there going, my life could be totally changed like that. And as this is going on, and as all of a sudden life starts coming in, and, and my wife starts to recover, and things are going well, I now get to go represent and tell people what's happening. And I don't know why I said this, but I, I put my head out of the door, and I said, it's a boy. He's big. <laughs> He's so big. We had to take him a week early, okay? He was so big. And, I, and then I said... He's got the Demel lips. I don't know why I said that, but I just decided to show that he's my son and he's got our, the family lips. And then my family's like, he's got our lips. You know, I don't know why we do things like that. Oh, he's got our feet. Yes, our feet. We're represented for life, you know, or whatever. And we do these weird things, right? But here, I had this moment to go in and they had no reason to doubt me. Why would they doubt the message that I was about to bring? But yet, here comes Mary Magdalene. She goes to the grave, and the stone is gone. Her Lord and her Savior is gone. She runs back, and she said, he's not there, and they don't believe her. Now, at that time, I mean, a lot of theologians and people want to point out because she's a woman, and in that day, a woman did not have credibility even to hold um, any kind of um, name in court. Their value was, was so much lower. And then we have to look and say, she was a prostitute. She was healed. She, at one point, had demons, and Jesus set her free. This is the woman who literally prepared him for burial, and she wept over him with her hair. She used um, the amount of spices that were a year's worth of wages to wash and to cry over our Lord and Savior. She 
loved him with everything that she had. And everybody knew how much she loved him. And and they knew that Jesus looked at her as a human being. And yet when she came, they didn't believe her. And what's really interesting here is that even though she knew her Savior, when Jesus looked at her, she had no idea who he was. Makes me wonder how many of us have had opportunities to see the Lord working in our situations, but we refuse to recognize that this was Jesus working on our behalf. How many times have we not recognized our Lord? But this is my favorite part, and I hope this becomes something that you can hold on to, and I hope this is something that, that you can look at and that this is something so encouraging to you because all Jesus said, remember, at one moment, Jesus is a gardener, and Mary Magdalene is saying, hey, can you at least just bring him back? All I, I'm not even going to press charges. I'm not going to tell anyone. Just bring him back to me. And all Jesus said to her was her name. Think of this for a second. All he said was Mary. Mary. And immediately she recognized who he was. Isaiah 43 says, I fear not, or fear not, for I have redeemed you. And then it says, I have called you by name. You are mine. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Easter is about our risen Savior, and it is also about Jesus calling you and I by name. And it is more than a roll call that he just shouts out names of of who has been redeemed. No, he is looking at you and calling you an heir. He is looking at you and calling you a son, calling you a daughter, and he is calling you by name. And it's at that moment that we begin to recognize, and this is what she said next in an exclamation point. She says, I have seen the Lord. Some of us maybe connect more with the doubting Thomas that we see just a few verses after what I just read. That Thomas wasn't there when Jesus first revealed himself to the other disciples. And and they're looking at Thomas saying, Jesus has risen. We've seen him. We've seen the scars. He is alive. And Thomas says, I will not believe it unless with my own hands I put my fingers in his side and in his hands or if I I have to see him with my own eyes. And that's how many of us here believe. But yet, Jesus says, after this whole thing, it was eight days later, And, you know, Thomas is just going, man, I haven't seen him yet. I haven't seen him yet. Eight days later, here Jesus comes in again, and the writer makes sure to say that the doors were locked, and Jesus came in and walked through anyway. And Jesus comes to Thomas, and he shows himself. And then Thomas says, okay, now I believe. And then Jesus says this, and this is what's so important for us today. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. There is a blessing that comes when we start to recognize who Jesus is and we begin to believe on his name. So 
On Good Friday, those of you who are not with us, I'm just going to review a few things just to kind of catch you up so you can understand a little bit of the exclamation point and what is happening. Good Friday, I asked us four questions, and this is how we ended our service. So instead, we had the question mark on the cross. And the questions are not my questions. They're the questions from Scripture. The very first question that that Jesus said to the disciples that was this big one, he said, who do people say that I am? Question number one, who do people say that I am? And at this question, they start responding well. And so in 2019, right, people are, oh, maybe he's a good teacher. He, he, he was a good moral philosopher. Uh, maybe he came from God. Maybe he did some really cool things, right? I mean, so there's answers that we give. And then the next question that Jesus asked immediately after is he looked at them and he said, who do you say that I am? Because it's really easy to talk about other people, isn't it? And so all of us have to answer that question about the cross. We all have to answer this question. Who is Jesus and who do I or who do you say that he is? Question three. This is the question that I've just been pondering about for well over a month because this is the question that happens right as Jesus is arrested and it's the first question that he says to Mary when she's looking for Jesus. He he says, Whom are you seeking? Whom are you looking for? And so often, friends, we try to make Jesus into our own personal genie. We try to make Jesus into this this own kind of piecemeal that we've tried to create to, to make him into who we want him to be instead of being a sovereign Lord, King of kings, and Lord over all things. We cannot make Jesus into our image. We are to conform and to be made into his image. Whom are you seeking? Lastly, the famous uh, question of what is truth? How do we answer that question, what is truth? And if you want to get into that, you can listen to the sermon that will be online this next week. Jesus asked the same question to strangers. And we're asking that question to us here as well. Whom do you seek? So today we're now going to the exclamation, and there's two of them. First of all, let's go to the first, thank you. He has risen, exclamation. We have gone from the questions to an exclamation in Matthew 28 of he has risen. This is the punctuation. This is the emphasis added. This is what we praise the Lord about, he has in fact risen, and this is the only reason why we are free today, is because of we serve a risen Savior. And number two, the second exclamation is a question, or it's an exclamation, but it's a question I'm going to ask. Can you say, like Mary, I have seen the Lord? Because we can identify and we can look and say, okay, yeah, okay, God, here's Easter. We celebrate that what, what they say. But how about have you gotten to the point where you can say for yourself personally, not identifying with some kind of denomination or sect of the of the of Christianity, I'm talking about a personal savior of Jesus Christ. Can you say, I have a personal relationship with him and I have seen him, I have experienced him, I have felt his love, I have felt his presence and spirit 
in me and through me and upon me. Can you say that? I have seen the Lord. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Of him, of Jesus, who has called you. Are you still looking at Jesus and not recognizing him for who he is? Are you seeing a gardener? Are you seeing somebody that has nothing to do with Jesus when in fact he is calling you by name and he is looking for you to say, I have seen the Lord. I'm going to read 43 again because I just I think this is so powerful for us today. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you call Jesus by name, when you lift up his name, when you recognize who Jesus is, he is now taking ownership of you. He is now embracing you. He is now taking you in and saying, this is my child. I am protecting you. I am leading you. I am the light of the world. I am the vine. I am the true branch. Come unto me. So today, I want to either, if this is the first time that you have heard this, that Jesus is calling you by name, I want you to embrace it. I want you to accept it. I want you to hear these words and take it in and understand that he is truly calling you by name. Kids, he loves you. It's, uh, Jeremiah says, before in the mother's womb, I knew you. You have been called. And maybe here today, you just needed to be reminded. Maybe you needed to be reminded today of when the word of the Lord came to you and when you recognized that Jesus loves you, when you recognize that he is calling you by name and you identified Jesus as Lord, as risen Savior in your life. Today is a day of exclamation. We are all heralds and messengers of something. Let me ask you a question. What are you a messenger of? You have to represent something. If people look at you and they look at your life, they see you as a herald of something. What is it? What do you represent? The great thing about being a Christian is that when we look on Jesus, when we look upon his name, when we, when we understand who he is, we don't have to sit and represent ourselves because we're looking upon him. Today is a day of exclamation, and I'm asking you, what are you a messenger of today? And here at, at Life Assembly, your relationship with Jesus means everything to us. When you go home, believers, you who are disciples of Jesus Christ, I want, I want that phrase to come into your mind, that when you interact with people, that you think to yourself, their relationship with Jesus means everything to me. Do I have to change the way I treat them? Do I need to 
Change the way that I'm treating people because their relationship with you, Lord, means everything to me. And here at Life Assembly, when I'm looking out at you, I want you to know that your relationship with Jesus means everything to us here. There, there are people here that have been praying because they knew that there were going to be guests here. And so I have a question that I'm going to ask you. Can you indeed say, I have seen the Lord? Can you look at Mary and, and say, Lord, I just, I desire that so much. I desire that so much. And Lord, I want to say that. And so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask you a question. If you just lower your heads and bow your eyes for just a second. I'm going to ask you this question. Have you seen the Lord? And if you have not, if you're, if you're in this place and you're like, I need to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. I need to, for the first time, say, I need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I want you to look up at me or I want you to just wave at me so after the service I can pray with you. Just going to take a moment here. This is a very important day. Thank you. Would you please stand? We are all messengers and heralds of something. What are you representing? Who are you representing? Psalm 67 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the people justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the people praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us in all the ends of the earth. will fear him. This is one of those places in Scripture where it's an if-then. If we serve God, if we praise him, if we lift up our voices, he then will. And it is so important for us to praise him, to lift up our names before him and lift up his name before all the world and praise him. Today, if you have made a recommitment to Christ you need to tell somebody. We need to celebrate with you. If today you're a day that, this is a day that you've just needed this encouragement to realize, yes, he has called me by name and I am a son and daughter of the Most High God. This is just, an, it's just such a great day. We're gonna have a blast here in just a little bit. Like uh, Pastor Jana was saying, we're gonna need some men to help get these chairs stacked up against the wall. And we're going to need everybody else to get out for a little bit as we, we set this up. But before that, our kids have been working on a song. And so speaking of praise, we're going to have a little fun in here. I think it's good to end Easter on a celebration. Amen. We're talking about He is Alive. And so kids, Pastor Bianca, I'm going to get out of your way. And why don't you help us celebrate? You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.